Okay, friends, I am here today with Victoria Bowler, and we are going to talk about what to teach in music tomorrow. And today we have a very ambiguous, as Victoria and I were just saying, topic um, about singing voice development. And this is probably like singing voice development iteration number one, right? Because sure. there are lots of lots of different topics more specifically in this category that we could get at. Um, and so we might be talking about two very different things. But regardless, <laughs> I think the whole idea is that when we talk about early experiences with music, kind of first music classroom experiences, one of the earliest things we want to be doing with our students is developing their singing voice. And there's a lot of different ways to come at that. There's a lot of different ways to refine that. Um, what are your thoughts, Victoria? Yeah, so when we talked about this episode initially, we had said we're going to talk about, um, like maybe we had said like pitch matching or something along those mm. lines. And then um, like just friends listening, as we've mentioned before, we come with a topic, but we don't know what the other person is bringing to the table. And so um, it was like, well, are we actually doing pitch matching? Or are we doing vocal exploration? Or are we doing like echo singing? Or are we doing just like, pitch awareness right <laughs> and so that's and that's the big question because all of those things are wrapped up in singing voice so um i'm excited i'm excited to hear what your activity is and if it will be exactly the same thing as mine yeah so maybe i shouldn't preface it but let me preface it um so the idea is you know, we like to think about having a solid instructional sequence for everything. Mm. And, you know, as we were just talking before we pressed record, there's a lot of these foundational elements in early childhood and kindergarten where they have to have, students have to have some sort of knowledge to pull from, some sort of experiences to pull from. You have to know what you're dealing with as a teacher, what you need to sort of refine the types of tools that you can grab mm. in order to help students refine. And so I guess for me, when I think about singing voice development, there are going to be some kids who come into your classroom who have had a pretty strong singing background or they feel comfortable in their singing yep. voice. They can match pitch pretty well. And there's other kids that this tool will work really well if they hear a great vocal model for example like they mm -hmm. might be like oh that's what I'm supposed to sound like versus other kids who just need to exercise their voices right so there's I don't think it's any like oh let's do this first and then this first and then this first because you have such a different wide array of students coming to you with different experiences and different things that they need from you go yes um yeah and we have students who will not develop their singing voice until like, what we consider to be a singing voice and that's a whole different conversation yes. also like what are we calling a singing voice versus um a playground singing voice versus um a vocal tone that might be um like the the um, aesthetic ideal in a different musical culture like there's so much wrapped up in what we're talking about within these four walls of the music room right but there are students who will not match pitch in their head voice until first second grade right and like i know you i'm sure have people that you can think of in your brain who are like um like we we didn't have it and then one day boom we had it and i can think of um a couple students like i can see their faces and i can see the moment that they accessed that register of their voice and like the whole class was so excited up 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 um so what we're dealing with with pitch matching specifically is a two-part um kind of kicker uh, there's the ear training because we can't know if we're matching pitch unless we have that discrimination of the higher and lower everything like that but um, alongside that at the same time is also just a muscular development like it takes a lot of coordination to figure out 
uh, not only what it sounds like, but what it feels like to access those pitches. Again, specifically, we're talking about head voice development with young singers. So um, it's a two-part approach, and I'm not sure which one you're focusing on, but a lot of times um, we students will be able to hear the difference of what's matching pitch and what's not, but they might not always walk into kindergarten at five years old ready to execute that pitch matching skill. Yeah, I think that's so important because we can hear a student who doesn't necessarily match pitch and think, oh, they're not just hearing it. And, and I think that's kind of like our default. At least mm-hmm. I should speak for myself. Um, yeah, like they don't really know. Oh, gosh, it. they don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, that's not it. So right. I think just giving as many opportunities as possible to hear a model is the most effective way to, to kind of go about it. So mm-hmm. with that, <laughs> I am doing Echo Stating. So one of my favorite, and this might be kind of short and sweet, but I have some strategies to talk about um, with the activity. So one of my very, very favorite Echo Stating songs is No More Pie by mm. Ella Jenkins. Um, I'm like, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. I don't think it's like solely Ella Ella Jenkins, but that's always the recording that I I reference. It's in many sources. I think it's in one of the Fire Robin Echo singing books um, and among other places. Right. Um, So you can just do a quick Google pop up on YouTube. But um, it goes like this. Oh, my. No more pie. No more pie. Pie's too sweet. Pie's too sweet. I want a piece of me, etc. I won't go through the whole thing. So the whole idea is no. Maybe you should, Anne. Maybe you should because because like you and I know this, but it's it's a hilarious song. Okay, hopefully I don't mess up the verses. Here I go. Oh my, oh my, no more pie, no more pie. Pie's too sweet. Pie's too sweet. I want a piece of meat. Want a piece of meat. The meat's too red. The meat's too red. I want a piece of bread. I want a piece of bread. Bread's too brown. Bread's too brown. I think I'll go to town. I think I'll go to town. Town won't go. Or car won't go. Car won't go. I fell and stubbed my toe. I fell and stubbed my toe. I messed up the words. It's something then like trains in a rag. I think I hurt my neck. Then like, oh my. Oh my. No more pie. No more pie. I think I'll take the train. Train won't go. Like, there's something I'm messing up yeah, in there. Town's Anywho, too far, that's the yeah. song. Town's too yeah, far. There is. I think I'll take yeah. the car. Um, car won't go. I fell on my stub my toe. Uh, then trains. Train, I think I'll take the train. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of accidents and like emergency <laughs> personnel that's called in. <laughs> but anyway, so um yeah, just click a quick Google search will will get you the lyrics there. So and so you won't mess it up the way that I did. But anyway, the point here, one of the things that I like about this is that it's a minor triad, so that's super mm-hmm. fun. Um so if you're in the in the game of singing in as many different tonalities as possible, which we all should be even in kindergarten, so we're not singing so me law all the time. Um I think that this is a really nice song to throw into your repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, the first listen, the first time I do this with my students, the idea of my turn, your turn is not a new thing. Um, mm. and so I simply just gesture to myself, you know, with my hands kind of on my heart, oh 
my and then give them a prep and, and show yeah throughout and so that everybody has a chance to to kind of listen and, and experience the song um and then after that after we've done that a couple of times after a couple of classes you know so um you could teach this tomorrow just like that um but then a couple of class periods later um this is actually i want to say is it my first experience for kids with individual solo singing? It may mm. be, with the exception of, like, Cuckoo, the Cuckoo mm-hmm. game, which mm-hmm. is another one we could talk about. Um, but anyway, uh, and what I do is I have, like, my pretend microphone or even just my hand to be a microphone or even just a gesture, a welcoming gesture to say your turn, is I have students sit in a circle, and I stand in the middle, and we begin the same way where I gesture to myself, oh, my all, oh, my, no more pie, everybody, no more pie then I give eye contact to get closer to a student mm. pie's too sweet pie's too sweet go back to the middle um I want a piece of meat then gesture to everybody again so it's kind of going back and forth between individuals and myself and there's no time in between it's embedded throughout the song because it just keeps on going right and they're used to what what that looks like and they're used to it, it sometimes takes like the first two individuals to be like, oh, who who am I looking at? Who am I showing that it's their turn to sing? Okay, so then it's Victoria's turn to sing, and then they get it after that. Um, And that's something that's just like a skill that I build in my classroom throughout because I use it with lots of other different activities, right? Um, So there's that. So we have this introduce the song the first time where it's my turn, then everybody echoes each each individual idea. And then um, we get into a circle formation or your grid or whatever. It works well in a circle to me. And I like to do it kind of popcorn style. I don't Mm go um, in a row. Very rarely do I go in like order in my classroom period because then the kids don't know when it's going to be their turn. So they're listening and they're singing and paying attention. Um, And that's just kind of how we do No More Pie. So um, some things that you might be thinking is, well, what if I go to a student and they don't match pitch? So if a student doesn't, if they, if I say, um, pie's too sweet and they're like pie's too sweet then I'd simply go pie's too sweet again pie's too and if they did it again just still move on no matter Mm. what what the response is this is a song that I use to kind of take the litmus test right to like figure out where everybody is kind of individually and as a class I'm taking that observational data that assessment piece just just in my brain nothing formal necessarily on a clipboard or anything um just to see where they are um, if they don't match pitch, I'd give them that second opportunity and then I just move on. Mm. If it was like the third or fourth time we'd done this song, because I wouldn't just do it one or two days and then move on, um, I might take a minute and say, oh, could could everybody do this with me? Woo! Right? And then have everybody echo and then say, okay, Victoria, I'm going to go first. Woo! Can you do that? And then get them up in their head voice and then pie's too sweet and see if they get it again if they don't match pitch, go ahead and move on. But then they've mm-hmm. gotten that little bit of scaffold. Another scaffold you could do is um, giving them like a one of those PVC pipe, like plumber, oh, yeah. plumber pipe whisper phone uh-huh. type things. Um, and that could be like what the turn is. So I could hand that to each student as I say, oh my. Then they put it up to their ear and they sing mm-hmm. and hand it back to me while I give the prompt. And then that kind of delineates turn. So that's another way you could do do this song so so yeah so it's a good it's a fun song period and then it's a good way to just kind of take a read of the room and see where kids are you can quickly do some of those assists if you will um to help those kids who maybe aren't matching pitch right away without Mm -hmm. 
sacrificing a lot of pacing time, which is what I like about it because of just the very nature of the song. And that's why I think especially like being in the middle of a circle and just being able to kind of turn my body and move quickly mm-hmm. makes it a lot a lot more effective in terms of pacing as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's no more pie. Um, Google the lyrics so that you don't mess it up like me. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, listen, Anne, yeah. if you mess up the lyrics, then it's fine, right? Like the kids, yeah, right. they, that's the whole point of like the echo song. Like you can make it make it up, right? Like exactly. <laughs> I took a jet ski, right? And as long as you know what happens next, like it's totally fine because it's echoing. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's awesome. This reminds me, and I know you have some MLT training. This reminds me a lot of, mm-hmm. um, like a lot of the MLT stuff that I see of like, students have to be watching the leader of the group to know when is everyone singing versus when is one, like the gesture for one versus tutti for, for everyone um, to sing. And to your point, like it's not something that you even really need to verbally teach students. Like this is when you sing versus this is when everyone sings because that's just part of like the breath and the gesture is just part of it that we're teaching, you know, at, at such a young age. And then to your point, um, you will, like the first time you do this, like you will look at a student and it's like, Gabriel's supposed to sing by themselves and then someone on the other side of the room also sings. And like, they're the one person who didn't get it. But the kids next to them are gonna be like, no, 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 it's just it's just Gabriel, right? Because everybody everybody sees um, everybody sees that gesture and once they know what it means, it's a very intuitive thing to teach. So that's separate from singing voice, but, but I think a very no. good skill as well. But it's important because they're so used to singing together as a class, right? Mm. Especially if you've taught the song the first time the way that I mentioned where everybody's mm-hmm. repeating. Like, they're just used to doing it. Like, they get in the groove of No More Pie and it's like, oh, we always echo, you know, mm-hmm. Miss Anne or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, I think that what you said is important because it can it can turn into, like, a little, you're not listening, you're not following directions kind of thing. Right. But you can you could head some of that off by being like, okay, now I want you to watch carefully because it's going to be one person's turn to sing. Mm-hmm. And you could even say, so if I do this, oh, my, gestured everyone, no more pie, no more pie. And then I walk towards Victoria, oh, a pie is too sweet. And I'm, like, staring you down, like, ready mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you can make it obvious to those to those kids so they can kind of see it beforehand um, right so that that's right. a way to head it off a little bit but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah cool. absolutely absolutely um yeah I like this this song is so perfect which is why which is why it's so um like common in so many classrooms for this exact reason right because you have this like minor descending passage and the descending vocal pattern is so much more accessible mm-hmm. Ooh, is so yeah. much easier than ooh right um that that lower pitch to the higher pitch is like a really useful tool if someone is like kind of droning pies too sweet then starting our vocal pattern down to where they are and then bringing them up is a really useful thing but in general accessing our singing voice from high down to low is is very um is very smart so this song having that one pattern that just repeats the whole entire time which is why you can use it for this exact purpose and like you said it doesn't bring the pacing down um of the of the lesson itself because um the song the song is just continuing right so it's almost like just a vocal warm-up a vocal exercise but students love it because the storyline is hilarious you know right yeah I just, I'm trying to think of where I say that. I just hit my tuning fork, but oh my, is that about where I say that? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's D. Oh, that's pretty good. Ooh, got my <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're in D, D minor, right? So D is D is um, la. Yeah, cool. Great. Yeah, which is the not to say like 
Oh, I heard my A. That wasn't my point of that. My point is, like, you want to think about where you're going to pitch it correctly, right? Jeez. I got so proud of myself that I forgot to share what I was going to share. Shoot. Anyway, so that's no more pie. Um, that's no more pie. Cool. Good. Um, yeah, the descending patterns are great. The solo singing. I like your your guidance to us about what to do when a kid doesn't match pitch because we're playing the long game. If we were using this as like, we have 30 minutes with no more pie, and by the end of this song, every single student will be matching pitch in a solo. That would be one thing, right? But we're like, we have we have six years with these kids, right? So it has to be a um, like a positive environment where everyone is always on their toes, but it's in a community where everyone feels safe, right? So if, if people are not matching pitch with, oh, more pie, at the end of this 25, 30 minute class, that's fine. And even more that's expected, right? So you, you are, you're kind of telling us, um, how to approach that. And I think that's really valuable. Yeah. And the thing is too, is like, if this is the first time they've, they've kind of on the spot needed to sing something individually, Mm -hmm. like it's maybe it would be even more beneficial to just not even readdress somebody who doesn't match pitch it's just everybody gets a turn and whatever happens happens and you just keep rocking and rolling right Mm -hmm. so that it feels just like oh this is just what we do and there's no like emotion attached to it um and there's no like rightness or rawness or perfection like that goes along with it it's just like oh we just do this in music class Mm -hmm. and then those quick corrections again without any emotion just like oh let's do that one more time not like not even let's try that that again but let's just do that one more time Mm -hmm. right like the language is really important there Mm -hmm. because and I say that and then we should go on to yours but (laughs) I say that because I've dealt with so many adults and I know that anybody listening has too who have like so much like emotional baggage about singing right Mm -hmm. and matching pitch and all that kind of stuff and so if we can make it like a neutral thing Mm -hmm. from the jump it Mm -hmm. it it just is just what we do and there's nothing right or wrong or good or bad or anything associated with it you see over time kids who have like that feeling or that experience early on like they don't have the the typical taper as often as like our fourth and fifth grade especially boys kind of do about singing right there's not as much of that social stuff that comes in because they're just used to it Mm -hmm. and it's just what we do and there's Mm -hmm. no emotion attached so yeah so the more matter of fact just like let's just do this it's what we do the better yeah and again we'll 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 move on after this but like having having that one pattern in the song that just goes over and over and over and then when a kid doesn't match pitch it's like we're not stopping class right the song keeps going it just keeps going with this one person right so it's not like everybody look at so and so because they needed two turns right the song hasn't stopped the pacing is always the same so exactly exactly cool okay um well let's back up and let's go to um, maybe something that we might do before echo singing, uh, which is some vocal exploration. So this is um, a rhyme that I learned in childhood. It's an English rhyme, and we're going to just keep our steady beat on our shoulders, and we speak. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, jump over the candlestick. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, jump over the candlestick. And I tend to do this one two times in a row just because I like um, having it 
be just like a little bit longer you know with some of these like very short rhymes it's like oh well that's that's it then that's the whole thing (laughs) okay so in um in old england we had or they had a practice of someone jumping over a candlestick and that was um like a sign of good luck if you could clear this candle because obviously there's a flame there and there's an element of danger and it's very exciting in the classroom we're not going to have an open flame that is for sure but we might have uh, my water bottle in this case it's a cup but we would have our water bottle or if we wanted to back up we would have just like one of the whiteboard markers sitting um, straight up on the ground and so students can take turns jack be nimble jack be quick jack jump over the candlestick and students can line up and take their turn jumping over an object and we could even have like three objects like a low medium high kind of thing all low stakes objects do not do like a bard instrument or like a drum or anything like that because people will not clear it and that's fine because jumping is also like a very advanced skill and you can get particular about if you're going to let your students leap or if they are actually going to jump two feet, right? And that's a totally separate thing that has like some movement implications. Um, So anyway, we're going to do Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack jump over the candlestick. And students can even choose if they're going to do the low, the middle, or the high version of the candlestick that they're going to jump over. Okay, so that's step one. But eventually I might say, hey, um, do you want to know what my voice might sound like if I were like jumping over a bunch of things like as I'm speaking the rhyme, it might sound like this. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack jump over the candlestick. Jack jump over the candlestick. Good. So now we're all seated in a circle and I would go, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack jump over the candlestick. Jack jump over the candlestick. Good. And so I have my hands that I'm using with that as well. Um, And then eventually, and I'm going to share my screen with you, we would add a B section. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have Jack there at the bottom. This is a separate thing, separate class, separate experience. We've done our speaking voice moving high and low and like doing all sorts of um, exploration with the speaking voice. I should add also um, that at a certain point, students are going to be the leaders instead of me. So students would be doing the Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, right? Whatever it is. Um, instead of me and the class is echoing those students. Okay, so now I have Jack and he is jumping over this candlestick. I'll go first and you can be my echo. Good. And I have several different patterns here. There's nothing magical about these patterns. This one's my favorite because Jack um, is like clear out of the frame. He's totally gone. He's gone so way high in his singing voice. Um, But there's nothing magical about these patterns and it doesn't have to be um, this particular slide creation. Uh, This is just like a whiteboard on the board kind of moment. But this is just some vocal exploration scooping all around that we're doing. Um, So some different variations of this that we can do is the teacher and then students echoing like what we just did. Or I can have students uh, do it all together as a group and then I can have some students uh, or like one student at a time be the leader and the class echoes them so several different ways that we could approach doing this and then something that I love to do is uh, let's say that we're going back to this one you 
are going to create your own pattern. The only thing you are not allowed to do is echo me. You must do something different. You could even cheat if you want to, even though I know it's not cheating, but you could even give yourself an assist like in a video game and read one of these other patterns instead of copying the one that I've given you here, or you can make up your own. It's totally up to you. You are not allowed to be my echo. You must do something different. Okay, so that's the deal with Jack Be Nimble, Jack Be Quick. Yeah. Love that. I love how it starts as a game. Cool. <laughs> I think that's so often. And I was thinking like you could even get just a flameless candle. Oh like yeah. Battery operated candle. That'd be super fun. Um, and I think that at least for me, I always feel like vocal exploration has to be like the whiteboard marker. Oh yeah. And full stop. Like it's mm-hmm. always hard for me to come up with like more creative ways to make it feel more um, play inspired and childlike. And so I like that it actually starts with, with the physical the physical game is there ever a world because this is where I thought you were going to go is there ever a world where as kids are like jumping over the candlestick that's the vocal exploration or is that just like yeah absolutely absolutely the only thing with that is like it's kind of short right so yes yeah (laughs) and it's also like the the same contour each time right so I so yes 100% I love that and Um, And like, that's a very natural extension, especially if students are first getting the hang of what their vocal sounds are going to be like inside their bodies. If they can do it as they're actually physically moving their bodies, then yes, all the better, right? And like, and the whole class can certainly join them in that. So yeah, as um, like, as a tool to access your singing voice, if you can jump as you're making your voice jump, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I'm also, again, like, like to the point of like, getting into some of these shared space locomotor type Mm. activities that's another this is another time where you could just be like oh look like here everybody grab your imaginary candlestick put it on the ground and let's do our do our thing right and they could do it kind of in space as well so so yeah I like how I like how that works yeah I'm envisioning (laughs) I always go like to the extreme I'm envisioning like all these different candlesticks and like making all these like movement pathways in and around candlesticks and Uh stuff no yeah no I love it and and something that's great too is that this is something that very simply lends itself to a steady beat awareness, as you would say, yeah. activity in conjunction with some vocal exploration stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> or, is it, or is it just as simple as, I know this is like another podcast episode, but or, or is it just as simple as maybe students like jumping to the steady beat and then doing a vocal exploration or having spider fingers while they're saying the rhyme? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, this is something, this, we were talking about this also before, before we started started like what is on the like scope and sequence of what you need to do in kindergarten versus like what are we actually doing right and so for me and this is what we were talking about like anytime we're talking about singing voice I'm always thinking like in the back of my mind I'm always aware of like where that steady beat is everything is a beat exploration activity even if we are working on singing voice even if we are working on um loud and quiet and with this and like you said this is a subject for another time um with this you know we introduce it with the steady beat and we don't have mm-hmm. to be even labeling it as a steady beat students don't need to know that that's what they're even attempting to do it's just like how does this music feel in our bodies but then the other piece of this is music does not always have a steady beat there's not a steady beat in right so it's this um there's the presence of beat and it serves a musical function and then there's the absence of beat and it also serves a musical function 
right? But that that beat awareness or like the presence or absence beat kind of thing um, is definitely always always in the back of my mind. And um, maybe that's maybe that's like the the next episode that we do. Ooh, so <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. No, I love it. Yeah. So I think um, just kind of to wrap everything up, um, as we mentioned at the beginning, this idea of singing voice development is definitely multifaceted, right? Depending on your students, depending on the type of repertoire that you're choosing. There's a lot of things that can go interchangeably. Um, mm. You know, like if we did a Jack Be Nimble, Jack Be Quick before we did No More Pie, maybe we could have a couple of those quick vocal explorations like mm-hmm. ready to go for a kid who did need that scaffold, right? Yep. Where, like, oh, remember when we did this? Can everyone just do this really quick? And then let's jump back into No More Pie, yep. right? So finding all of those different ways to to activate what kids need in order to get into some of that healthy singing voice stuff beautiful 